started? I thought that was the plan. Do you want me to start? What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode as we go through these parables. Now, that's a crazy story. Yeah. Every time I think about crazy stories. Hey, I got a crazy story. No, 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 no. Not right now. Okay. Not right now. You don't have a crazy story right now. I really do. You do have a lot of crazy stories, but now's not the time. Okay. Now's not the time. Now, we want to welcome you all to another edition in which we go through the parables of Jesus. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing the parable of the sower. Yes. Yes, we are. Which is which is many claim to be Jesus' first parable, correct? Yeah, a lot of people think that it's uh, Jesus' first parable. Uh, you know, uh, most theologians agree that it's in the second year of ministry. Right. And so if you look at uh, Jesus' ministry, uh, in the beginning, he would give... Uh, these parables or lessons, and then right as at the conclusion of it, he would basically tell everybody exactly what it meant. Mm-hmm. Um, during this time when he would give these parables, and that's why a lot of people say it's his first parable. It's like first big parable where he's giving it to a crowd of people, but then he doesn't explain what it means to anybody other than the disciples. Right. And so I think as because this is one of those parables that everybody knows about, the parable of the sower. Right, so let's just kind of put a little bit of context to that. Yeah. So, Derek, will you mind reading for us? Yeah, I sure will. So we're going to be in Matthew. Now, the good thing about parable of the sower, right, it's found in three of the four Gospels. But we're going to be reading out of Matthew, and it starts in chapter 13, verse 1. It says, That same day Jesus went out of the house, sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him as he got into the boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered, because they had no root. Mm -hmm. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred 60 or 30 times that was sown. Who has ears, let them hear. Yeah, so let's stop right there before we get into Jesus' explanation to the disciples. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think first, um, as you're looking at this, it's all about agriculture, right? Which was uh, very relevant to people of that time period. And so uh, Jesus, he had just left Capernaum, Mm -hmm. and he gets over by the Sea of Galilee. And he's standing there, and he's talking to this crowd of people. And he decides, okay, I'm going to get in a boat and go out a little bit on the water. The first known pulpit, huh? Well, uh, (laughs) I don't know if it's the first known pulpit, but it definitely isn't what your typical pulpit is. Right, right. Right. right? And so I imagine uh, that there's a lot of times uh, that Jesus did things that people were like, hey, you can't do that, Mm -hmm. right? Like um, if you're going to talk about uh, a parable or the word of God or give a lesson, it had to be in a temple Right. It had to be in a house of God where Jesus was sharing no matter where it was, even on the days that the temple was closed. No matter who it was, too. Right. right? Whoever has ears, let them hear. And so, uh, you know, so Jesus gets in this boat. He goes out there. And if you actually go there uh, to this day, they call it the uh, the Cove of Acoustics, basically. And so it's like where you could stand on the shore and you could speak and the acoustics will carry your voice uh, for for a great distance. Mm-hmm. And so I always think that that's pretty cool because, um, you know, Jesus didn't, 
use the typical people's pulpit or anything else. He just basically shared. So, you got Jesus, Sea of Galilee, hundreds of people, gets in a boat, and he starts telling this parable. And the parable is about a farmer, right. basically a sower of the seed, which so, everybody knew. It should be very important for us to kind of, because we, we do agriculture a lot different today, right? Yeah. So, what was the way they kind of did agriculture back then? Because the the ears, the people that were in the crowd, they would mm-hmm. be understanding exactly what Jesus is trying to. Yeah, and, and so I it, think right? I think for us today, like we have to understand that we look at farming in a completely different context than they did back in that day. Right, right, right. And so I think to better understand this parable, you got to really understand a little bit about ancient farming, mm-hmm. right? So uh, back in back in the first century, back in the time in which Jesus would have been given this. Um, a farmer didn't necessarily own the land that he was farming on. Instead, multiple people would get these different lots annually that they were asked to steward over. Right. And right. so uh, you're given, you know, you got this big piece of land and you get these little sections that annually you're allowed to steward over to plant your crops. And they didn't separate this land by fence or anything. Like we would do today. Right, right, like not by anything that we would do today. Mm -hmm. Instead, um, they would just use little markers like trees and stuff that was naturally there. Uh, And so um, farmers would make their way through the fields through little paths, right? And so like there would be little paths through the field. Uh, and I think that's what Jesus is referring to when he says the seed has fallen amongst the path. Right. And the, and the listeners would know very well the paths that they are talking to. Like in the fields would be these paths that the the, uh, the Jews, they would go around to get to their individual crops. So they yeah. would be very familiar mm-hmm. with these paths throughout the fields. Yeah, for sure. So so when you, you look at this parable, <clears throat> you got four uh, different types, uh, four different sections. You got the path. You got rocks, you got the thorns, and then you got the good soil. And these right? are referring to what? I, I believe it's referring to the condition of a man's heart. Right. Uh, right. And so, let's just look at this first section, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, read that again, the path. Okay, so a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. All right, so now let's drop down a little bit. So of course the seed. Let's talk it real quick, right? That's yeah. how, you know that we're we're talking kingdom parables. This is a kingdom message. You know Jesus is trying to portray kingdom language to earthly ears. So obviously this is the the first one. This is the message of the kingdom, correct? Mm-hmm. The, the good news of the gospel is the seed here in this place. Yeah. So okay. So looking right here, what Jesus says. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed along the path, mm-hmm. right? So, all right, you got this seed, right, which is the word of God, right, which is Jesus, right? So Jesus says, I am the word, right? right? So it's basically the gospel, Jesus, the word, all of that, right? right. So the the acceptance of Jesus, basically, mm-hmm. Right. And so then the question is, who is the sower? Right. 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 Who's the sower in the story? Well, who could be the sower could be God, of course, Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. Or I believe a sower could be us as disciples. No. Yeah. The sower is in this story. I believe the sower is us. Right. right? Because right. 
you think about like uh, if the word in the seed is the truth, which mm-hmm. is Jesus, right? The sower is what we're called to be, right? Right. And the ground, these different types of ground, is essentially the people that are going to be hearing it in right. their hearts that they have, right? So this first section, the path, right? Mm-hmm. All right. And so you got, uh, like I said, it says, they hear the message about the kingdom, but you don't understand it. And the evil one comes and snatches away what he was sown in the heart. Right. So what does that sound like to you? Right. Like what type of person that you've maybe encountered or. Or been. Or been yourself. I said have even been, right. So, you know, we work with a lot of men mm-hmm. um, who come into recovery and, and. You know, they're at different spots, and their hearts are at different spots. So a lot of times we'll get we'll get guys, and I've even personally been this man myself, where I'm just, I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready. I don't understand it. I am fully indulged in the Word and I, in the world, and I just don't want no part of it. So an instance that comes to mind in my life, man, is when I was heavily in my addiction, right? My cousin would come from up here, right? Betty's son, Tony. She, mm-hmm. He would come from... CR and stuff, and he would come back into his addiction, but he would still want to talk about Jesus. Like he would, mm-hmm. he would be at my grandpa's, and he'd be like, "Derek, you got to get up there." And I was like, "I'd shut him off, right?" I, w- I didn't have ears to hear. It would go in one ear out the other because I was not ready to hear anything about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So my heart was hard. It was like that path that we're we're reading about here, man. It was walked over. It was trampled over. And at that point in my life, man, I didn't want any part of it. So it took no root at all. The enemy, which is a bird here, right, swooped in and took that message before it could even take root. Right. So I could totally personally relate. Not only that, work with many men who just aren't ready to hear the message of the gospel. Right. So let them who, who has ears to hear, right? right. So it's almost like... Um, it's not necessarily a call for all to listen. Rather, it's a call for those who are spiritually sensitive to take that note, right? right? So, like, a lot of times, if I'm not postured in position to be receptive to something, I'm not going to receive it. Right. Right? So, I think about um, I think about times when I'm on my phone when somebody's talking to me. Yeah. Right? I'm not necessarily in the posture to receive anything. That, and a lot of times, it's you. Like, we're sitting, you come in my <laughs> a office. A lot of times. Right. <laughs> You come in my office and I'm on, I'm on my phone, I'm doing stuff and you're like, hey, da 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 da. And then like, that's all I hear is da 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 da. And then I have to like put down my phone. I say, okay, what'd you say? Right? I'm not in posture right. to hear anything. Sure. Right? And so this is about a posture of the heart. This is about a posture, uh, of, of just what you're ready to receive. Right. And so, um, I also think that it's interesting too. Um, that, you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily talk about like, hey, you don't say anything because somebody's not in the posture. Exactly. Right. Like, so the sower's not like, hey, don't cast your seed because the heart isn't ready. Right. I think it just goes back to like, you, you know, we can't never get discouraged when somebody doesn't hear a message that they're not ready for, but we can't underestimate the power of planting the seed. That's right. Right. That's exactly right. Like, what am I called to do? I'm called to like, Share Jesus. Mm-hmm. Toss this seed everywhere. No matter what path. Right, right. right. And it's like and sometimes the path is going to, or, or sometimes it's going to fall on the path. And, you know, the enemy, because knowing that this person isn't spiritually minded, this per- person isn't in a place to be receptive, is going to come down and snatch it up. 
and honestly, the person wouldn't know no no other way. They wouldn't even right. realize it. You know, sometimes it's like you hear it, but and I love how it says, "But they don't understand," right? Right. Like it's not because they don't want to. It's just they're ignorant to it, and they do not want. They don't understand what is being told to them. Yeah, like you just do not understand. Right. And so let's go then into this next part. Uh, if you could just read read that uh, that second okay. uh, form of ground. Second seed uh, is some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. When the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they with withered because they had no root. Right. So let's then go down to verse twenty, where okay. Jesus talks about this. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. Right? Man, so I see this a lot. Man. Oh, man. All Jeez. the time. You see this all the time. Yeah. And, and when do you see it? Man, I see it, especially because, you know, we're CR ministers, so we're going to talk right. a lot of recovery here. Uh, man, we, I see these guys come in all the time. They're on fire, first few days, praising Jesus, loving everybody. But then I'm talking a week, two weeks later, they get something happens at their job. A girlfriend comes their way. They breaks up with them. I mean, any form that doesn't go their way, right, mm-hmm. they immediately just start to turn back to where they were. Yeah. So what, the way I kind of describe this to people is almost exactly that, right? Like uh, you, you're there with somebody, they hear the gospel of Jesus, they come in, uh, they they receive it, and mm-hmm. they're filled with joy. They're on the front row, their hands are raised, they're praising right. everything else. But then as soon as life comes, which it will, oh, it's going to come. Get ready. As soon as life comes, mm-hmm. then they fall back into their old ways. And a lot of times that seems like going from one spiritual high to the next without ever actually getting rooted. Right. Right? And so um, if all we're doing is chasing a spiritual high. We're pretty much chasing another addiction. Yeah, you're chasing another addiction. I'm sure you could break down the science if we had time, but same endorphins and dopamines in your brain that's going off at at that point. Right. And so a lot of times like... People think that they receive things with joy, but really it's only temporary happiness. Mm-hmm. So happiness is external, joy is internal. Mm-hmm. So whenever you receive this message and you hear it, but it's on this rocky ground. Well, the other thing with rocky ground is it's shallow, yeah. right? So there's not really nothing deep to get rooted in. It's blocked up. It's hindered. And so a lot of times people allow this seed and they fall in their heart is so shallow that they base everything on external circumstances. Right. They right. base everything on the way they feel and what's going on. And so somebody hears about the resurrection power and the life-changing power of Jesus Christ and what he can do in your life. Man, that sounds good. Right. That's great. That feels good, right? But I'm so shallow because of all these blocking circumstances in my life. Mm-hmm. That I never actually allow it to take root. Instead, I base everything on that circumstantial feeling. I base everything on that surface level. It makes me feel good right now. Right, right. And uh, and man, I can't tell you how many times I've just dealt with that, witnessed that. You know, uh, and and you know they say and just kind of talk a little bit about recovery. 
Um, you know, they say long-term recovery isn't until seven years wow. of being sober, right? Like long-term sobriety isn't until seven years of sobriety. Why do you think they say that? Because, man, I mean, I don't know, for me, being in an addiction for 14 years, mm-hmm. you know, like you can't just come in here and even after one year, two years, three years, four, even where I'm at, man, I think you have it figured out. I mean... Your brain's still healing. You're still learning how to deal with the world. You're still learning how to deal with what life has to throw at you mm-hmm. in a sober mind. And, man, that takes time. That takes yeah. a long time. You know. So I guess the next question is how, if this seed falls on rocky ground, right, how does a person remove the rocks? How do you make the ground and the soil more, uh, more harvestable? Right. Um, for me, it would be looking at these, these different types of hearts, right? Because I've been all four. Like, we can look at this as four different hearts, mm-hmm. four different people. But I can also look at this as the same heart over four different pieces, parts of their life. Mm-hmm. Right? So just for instance, and me personally speaking on this, you know, there was a time in my life I tried to get sober. My mom brought me to church, um, good church down there. And, man, I, was, I just remember feeling something in worship that day. It was great. Uh, at this time, I really still didn't know who Jesus was, but there was something going on. Went home that whole week, uh, started listening to gospel, and I was on that high, right? Mm-hmm. For a week, and I didn't use. But weekend come, and something happened. Was, I think it was a girlfriend or something. Made me mad. Mm-hmm. Immediately turned away from what I was doing, right? Because... That's all that was. It was. It was. It wasn't deep. It was very shallow at that point. My mm-hmm. my knowledge of Jesus, my understanding of Jesus and this kingdom message that that he's portraying here, and not only that, my community was shallow. Mm-hmm. All three of the I feel like the biggest parts what makes this fertile soil was missing in my life. Right, everything in my life was shallow. I didn't have a Paul in my life. I didn't have any mentors. Mm-hmm. No authentic Christian community. And everything was on the surface. So the first trouble that come my way, it's so real. Like this passage in parable is so real. The first trouble that come my way five days later, I believe it was a fight with a girlfriend, I was immediately back mm-hmm. and turned away from God. Yeah. So I'd say it's it's really, like you say it all the time, right? Make or break component mm-hmm. is authentic Christian community. Yeah, no, for sure. I also think the interesting part in all of this, too, is that... uh the soil can't change itself. That's very true. You get what I'm saying? That is absolutely true. Like, it's not necessarily instructional because how do you instruct dirt? Um, like, you, you, the dirt can't be less rocky or less thorny because it's dirt, right? Right. What is the essentially have to happen? Well, it, it's all on, It's all on the sower. Yeah. Right? Like, it's the need for the sower. Right, the soil that is rocky or thorny is incapable of producing good fruit unless the sower comes in and tills it. Mm -hmm. Right, and so back in that day, what they would do because they did this uh, this um, this dry farming essentially, Mm -hmm. and so basically dry farming is where uh, you have to rely solely on rain for moisture. It's not like today where uh, you know you have irrigation systems and everything like that. They had two. Uh, main rainy seasons it's pretty much pretty dry all throughout the year right it only but rains a certain time of the year it only right? rains two two different times they have the early and then the latter okay right so the early and then the late rainy seasons yeah 
and so, um, you know, actually, uh, Jerusalem gets just as much rain as London, only in about half the amount of time. Wow. Right? So London gets this extreme amount of rain. Everybody, all throughout the year. All throughout the year. Well, uh, whenever it rains in, in Israel, it rains, right? And, and they have so, to take advantage of that. In right? these I two mean, seasons, right? And so that means that it is crucial uh, for seeds to be sown at a particular time. Right. Right? And one thing that we know about Jesus is that he's always on time and he comes at just the right time. While we were still sinners, he loved us. That's right. So while we were still sinners, the sower was out there tilling the field. The right. sower was moving mountains, moving making rocks, things happen. Removing thorns, right? Pulling thorns up yeah. out of the way, getting things prepared in order for us to receive this message. You know, I always, I, you know, we look at these, these soils and as you were talking about these different times in your life. And man, I look back for me and I'm looking at these different times in my life and, and I'm like, what did I really do to change the soil? Nothing. No. I personally, Brian Rucker didn't do anything to make my soil good. No, it was the sower. It was the sower. It mm-hmm. was throughout these periods of time that God was just throwing out this seed, right? And it was falling on this different ground. And then throughout the seasons and it's throughout things that would change and circumstances, before you knew it, it fell on some fertile ground, mm-hmm. right? So let's move it. Let's talk about this third, um, this third seed. Mm-hmm. So it says, but um, we're going to pick up in verse eight. Excuse me, seven. Other seed fell among thorns, which we just talked about, which mm-hmm. grew up and choked the plants. Right. right. So Jesus explains this further in verse, I believe it's twenty-two. Mm-hmm. This seed falling among thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making this unfruitful. Every time I read this, that that section there talking about the thorns, I think about people that are saved but not set free. Oh, right. There's many of them walking around. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, like, hey, you've accepted Jesus into your heart. However, you yield any evidence of fruit in your life based on the things that you have that are actually have control of your life, right. such as your finances, uh, your job, what you got going on, your success, everything else. All of this stuff becomes so choking to your spiritual growth. Right, right. Right? And so the evidence of fruit is spiritual maturity. Essentially, as you read this, it says it will yield something 30 to 60 times, right? Mm-hmm. That is spiritual maturity, and that has nothing involving me that's all about him. Right. You know, I believe, you know, I want to be obedient to who Christ calls me to be. And God, I know it's pretty clear in this this uh, parable is our heart should be the fertile soil, right? Yeah. So let's read that. Um, verse 8. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what it was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So that's where we're all trying. You talk about spiritual maturity, right? Like, that's where we want to be. And I mean, it took me, personally, it took me 32 years for my heart, for that seed to fall on on good soil. Mm-hmm. But once it does, man, and and, and you, you continue to just, you want more of it, right? You want to seek more. 
You want to tell it more. You want everybody to know what was so freely given to you once it hits there. But, man, my heart wasn't always ready, mm-hmm. bro. Like, looking back, I wish it was. I wish I could say the first time that I heard the gospel that it was my heart was good soil, but it wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. it was that hard beaten path. And it took a while. But I think it's encouraging as a sower now, right, because that's what we are. Right? We're sowers. It's to not be discouraged when we, we are spreading them seeds, like you alluded to before. When we're spreading them seeds, many of them, I mean, we're looking here, 25% chance that that heart's ready to receive this message. So let's not get discouraged. Mm-hmm. You know, I see so many men that we work with, and they're out there, they're starting to sponsor people, right? And they come in, and they're so discouraged. Or one guy relapses, and he, he leaves the recovery home, and it's like, man, did I fail? Did I fail? Right? You didn't fail, man. That heart wasn't ready. So we can't get discouraged. And a lot of times we'll get discouraged and want to give up. But Jesus is making it clear now, man. We just, we're called to sow. We're called to spread that seed as much as possible. Yeah. Now, where it falls, that ain't on us. Like you said, let's just keep planting that seed. Yeah. Yeah, and I, man, I love this parable because, you know, it's got a, it's got a lot of different applications. One, it's the evangelical encouragement, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Essentially, like, go out toss the seed but don't be discouraged as you know it falls on these different types of soil right right um and then it's also got the introspective evaluation what kind of soil am i right what kind of soil am i am i the good soil that's yielding 30 to 60 times right or am i the soil that is getting uh choked out every time something in life uh comes at me that um that makes it a struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Am I basing too much of my life on circumstances? You know, and so the reason why this parable is so amazing, and it's one of the ones that people talk about a lot, is because you have those different applications for it. Right. And so uh, I really love um, how it talks about this good soil, right? And because, man, 30 to 60 times what... I mean, you think about a farmer... Right. If you got a farmer that's planting corn and he goes out and he plants the corn as he's supposed to every year. And then one year he springs up 60 times what he typically gets. Right. It's going to be a pretty happy farmer. Right. Right. That'll be a farmer that is uh, that is well pleased. Right. You get what I'm saying? And so ultimately, like, you know, one thing I, I tell people is that, like, man, I'm just trying to make God happy, right? Not that necessarily God is consistently disappointed in me, but I'm trying to, like, get to a point to where he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Like, man, I gave you, I gave it to you that's and you did well hear, with man. it. You right. stewarded it well, right? And that's essentially what I think God is calling us all to do is to steward it well Mm -hmm. and steward it in a way that it yields more than it was supposed to yield. Because guess what? When you're walking it out with God, that is how it happens. Exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever imagine. Right. Right. So there's the limitations in which our human brain puts on what God can do with some good soil. Right. And then there's the actuality of what God will do with good soil. Right. And so I think that that's the that's the applications. Right. Mm. One, uh, it's the encouragement to go out and toss the seed. But then two, take a look inward and say, what kind of soil am I? Man, there's seasons of life 
where I can get too caught up in life that it chokes out some uh-huh. of the some of the fruit that is supposed to be evident in the season. Right. You get what I'm saying? Now, does God work all of that to His glory? Absolutely, right? But that comes with the vulnerability that we display about those struggles, and then it allows another sower to come in, till up the field, get right. the soil back right. That's where going back to what you said, the community piece mm-hmm. is so big. Right. You're not the only sower in the kingdom. Right. You know, there's multiple. And because there's multiple sowers, whenever we are struggling with all these thorns and these thistles and these weeds We're and the rocks. We're going to be trampled on on the path. And you're getting trampled yeah. on on the path. Guess what? There's other people to come and till up the field, help us where we're weak, carry the load with us. That's exactly right. So I want to, yeah, let's challenge, uh, I want to challenge you guys, right? So, you know, where's your heart, right? What seed right now, where's your, what condition is your heart in? And, and where's that seed falling in your life? But like mm-hmm. Ray and Ruck discussed, man, don't get discouraged, right? Rather you're getting beat up right now, getting walked on, rather uh, you may be in, in rocky ground or, or in the midst of, of weeds and thorns, man. Don't give up. Just analyze it. Uh, take some time with God um, and see see where you're at, man. Just let's keep sowing because we sure know the world needs it right now more than ever. Just uh, take some time to really do some introspective work and ask yourself, am I the good soil? And here's the thing. If you love Jesus, you are the good soil. That's right. Sometimes seasons make things pop up. Sometimes rocks go unturned. Uh, and so it's always the opportunity to take a look inward. But also let this encourage you to go out and share Jesus right. and to toss seed out there. And even though it falls on the wrong type of soil sometimes, that doesn't mean that that goes in vain or that it's unnecessary. God will always use his word to bring glory to him and to bring more people to know him and love him. Yeah. You're qualified. So get out there and share Jesus. We love yeah. you guys. Love you guys.